Welcome to Charmed Life, a radio show discussing spirituality, magic, and the unconditional love of the universe. Thanks for tuning in. And I am your host, Trisha Carr. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's going to be a fun show. I was singing my face off on the way here. You want to hear it, Jarvis? He really wants to hear it. (laughs) And that's what I do to get myself all warmed up, get my voice warmed up, and to raise my vibration. And so I just thought I'd share that with y'all. Sometimes if you're feeling uh, like you, your thoughts are just in, you know, in that negative place, you're not feeling great, you can't seem to get yourself out of a rut of a feeling or thinking habit. If you like singing, go sing your face off and just relax into that and just express yourself and enjoy it. And that really works, and it just raises your spirits, it raises your vibration, and that's actually really the key to starting to see in your life the things that you want to see is um, starting to retrain your brain, train your brain to um, expect to feel good all the time because we have this this bad habit that we create that we created from you know when we were very young when we thought the things were unsafe, and I mean very young, and we. We, we thought things were unsafe, so I need to pay attention to what all the dangers are. That's what that's what that young mind, that lower mind, trained us into believing and gave us this habit of it. So we now are aware of things aren't as dangerous, right? We don't even have to fight and struggle for our food. I mean, we don't have to wrestle lions for them, at least. So, you know, we can we can work on those thinking habits and those feeling habits. And that's actually a big part of my topic today about how to be a successful empath and or highly sensitive person. It's a big deal for us. Take a sip of water, pardon me. Before I get into that, just a formal hello to Jarvis, my producer. Hi, Jarvis Essex. And we are broadcasting live from the Universal Broadcasting Network studios in Hollywood, California, in the Sunset Gowers building. Really cool spot. I'm really uh, fortunate, and I just have to take a moment to celebrate and um, and thank Tony Sweet, who is the proprietor of UBN. And he has some shows on Friday, um, really cool shows about all kinds of paranormal stuff and spiritual stuff. So I bet you a lot of y'all will appreciate that. You just go to ubnradio.com. And if you are watching... Watching this show on Periscope or Facebook, you can also watch it on ubnradio.com. We're on channel one there. And so if you're watching it on UBN, then you can watch it on Facebook. And I have actually, I would love to tell you about a new Facebook group that I've started. It's called Charmed Life because I'm actually broadcasting this in the group. But um, you can find it by, by looking for the uh, domain. Let's see. It's facebook.com slash charmed life love. Is that it? Is that right, Jarvis? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's your group. But um, what I'm doing is and focusing. I mean, th- this this is actually being broadcast there. So you're going to be able to find this show there every week. And you can find the replays there. You could also find the, re- the archives and replays on podcast outlets and my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Trisha Carr. And um, if you join the group, I'm also I'm also doing special content and teaching, like doing live sessions. You know how we do Facebook Live, and I'm talking about how to be a very successful spiritual entrepreneur. So someone who is in the wellness or spirituality space as a professional, or if this is your passion and you want to turn it into your profession, I'm doing some special teaching and support there because this is very, this is something that's really important to me. And again, that is the reason that I chose this topic today because I just, I really have on my heart all of the empaths, highly sensitive people, all very empathic, creative, highly sensitive and deeply compassionate people because obviously I'm one of those people. And so I understand the transformation that we go through in life, meaning that, you know, we have that that um, mindset that we seem to just find ourselves with when we become adults where everything is fearful and we're so sensitive that we don't see how we could possibly become powerful also because we feel like we're absorbing. And I'm going to break that down for you guys. So very compassionate and sensitive people, we need you. We need your work. We need the work that you feel in your heart. We need it to be expressed. And we need you to take those feelings of compassion and make them into into active healing activities. So, um, But that seems to be very challenging feeling coming from that place of victimhood. 
and you don't want to be a victim and you recognize that being a victim is something that is inhibiting you from being your full expression, but you don't know how to get out of it. And I, I know that so many of us are uh, sometimes having either we're, we're struggling with the work that we have because it makes us feel really uncomfortable or it's just not serving us completely. And so being able to do something that expresses our creativity and that natural compassion and healing nature and helping others that is something I want to support everyone in. And to that point, I actually have a mentoring program that I am i am just started and I'm very excited about it. It's been a, a little while in the making and it I'm released it now. So if you're interested in finding out about my mentoring program, it is I'm coaching and mentoring people to be able to either start a spiritual entrepreneurship or to build and commit to it 100% because many of my uh, friends and and everyone that I you know that I meet on Facebook and all and through the show they are, you know, they're like, I, I know I'm an intuitive and I, it happens to me sometimes, but I don't know how to make it a profitable business. I don't know how to make it my lifestyle. And it is meant to be your lifestyle. And by the way, whatever lights you up from the, the core of your, of your being, whatever sparks up your heart, that is meant to be your lifestyle. And we are meant to be abundant in every way. And I mean in freedom as well, not just about cash, but cash is good and we're meant to have that as well. But I mean freedom and the freedom to express ourselves and the freedom to just feel joy all the time. And so well, I guess that brings me to my subject today because I had some, I, I was given some insight from this um, Ascended Master that I'm working with. Did I mention him, Jarvis, that I woke up a couple... I think I just mentioned it to you off air a couple couple of weeks ago. I just woke up in the morning and I heard in my head, it was funny, it was like a man speaking just very plainly and it was like, Serapis Bay. And <laughs> it was very matter of fact. And I was like, what's that now? And I just heard, Serapis Bay. <laughs> I just heard it like, you know, I was replaying a recording in my mind and I was like, I couldn't remember. This is actually the name of an ascended master. This, um, But I didn't remember that. I didn't remember what those syllables meant, why I knew those syllables, you know. And so I, I was waking up and then I went into the living room to where my husband was already awake and I said, what does the word Serapis Bay mean? And he's like, what? And I was like, I don't know. Just, he's like, well, I was like feeding the cats or something. And I was like, can you look it up? Because he's sitting at the computer. He's like, how do you spell it? I'm like, I don't know the way it sounds. It sounds Latin or something. S-E-R-A-P-I-S-B-A-Y, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know I get I'm just gonna say it because it's cracking up Jarvis, Serapis Bay, <laughs> just very matter of fact. It's not <laughs> spooky at all. Not even um, not even like ooh blissful like the heavens opened up. It's just very matter of fact. <laughs> and so um, Brian, my husband, was like, oh, it's apparently an ascended master, and he works with people. Uh, you know, helps. He's helping with the ascension process. So and I was like, okay, cool. So I went and looked it up later and realize that um, he is um, an ascended master who was basically like a sp- taking the, the role of a spirit guide with me to coach me and counsel me on some certain things. And so um, I finally sat down with Serapis Bay <laughs> and he gave me a lot of information actually about this particular subject, how we sensitive people highly sensitive or empaths or however your empathic nature expresses itself and what what is going on with that? Why does it feel like it is a burden? Why does it feel like we are victims and we, we are a victim of the environment that we're in, the emotional and even physical environments? And so he explained to me a little bit more about what happens and, and how to, you know, if you understand, if you could see the dirt, then you could clean the house. So <laughs> this is coming from Serapis Bay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So now let's talk about that a little bit. And I will be taking calls. I, I'm probably going to chat for a little bit. So you're welcome to call in now, but I might have you on hold a little bit because I need to talk to you about what Serapis Bay had to say about how success, how you could be a successful empath or highly sensitive person. And the number is 323-524-2599. Phone lines are open now, but like I say, you might want you might be hanging out a little bit, but you can listen to the show while you're on hold. So feel free to call in. Okay, so how to be a successful empath or highly sensitive person or creative, whatever that is, compassionate, deeply compassionate person who wants to serve, but it feels blocked, this word we like to use, blocked to abundance and success. 
and the empathic nature is turned in on itself. And I just want to let you know, first of all, that, you know, we do create our own reality. So the world is not a dangerous place. So as you're trying to understand your empathic nature and to be comfortable in your own own skin and your own being and your own emotional body, just know that you do have control. That it isn't that the world is is um, threatening. You aren't a victim. You aren't going out into the world and you can't but, but you know, help but to absorb everybody's emotions and to be affected by the environment, whether it's physical, emotional, or mental. That isn't the way that it is, that you're just so sensitive that you're fragile. You are so sensitive that you're actually extremely strong. Those are abilities. But like I say, they have turned in on themselves. They've turned inside out. So how do we let our empathic nature block abundance? And the abundance, again, abundance is everything, everything that is good in life. Yes, go ahead and think about it like finances. And you're welcome to think about it like finances because finances are this thing that are like the key. It's just this symbol. It's this key to freedom. If you had an abundance of cash, then you would have the freedom to spend your time as you wished. And that's, you know, the outcome as well. So time and the also you would have the freedom to do what you want to do. You'd have the freedom to do nothing and you have the freedom to do something. You could... You know, if you if you love acting, but you're like, well, I don't know if that's my profession. I don't have the money to pursue it, whatever. And you just need to do it or you just need to sing. If you had abundance in all areas, you could spend your time doing that creative outlet, whatever it is. You could buy all of the paints and the canvases and spend a day just painting your heart out and letting out all of that voice that's inside you. So <clears throat> that also comes to... You know, like I have tons of um, colleagues and friends and everything and people here online that that I connect with who are intuitives and they have psychic and intuitive and healing abilities and they experience these things, but they don't know how to make them regular and they may be very successful or at least not maybe not very successful, but very they've they've accomplished some kind of great career or job and they're really good at it and they're like well I I appreciate that but there's actually a cap there (laughs) number one and number two I don't have the freedom because it's not it's not me expressing the fullness of my being it's me doing something that I can do and I've become really good at doing this thing but it isn't the thing that lights me up it isn't the thing that feels like it is connected to my purpose and it isn't me expressing deep passion you know, fullness of passion. All right. So first, just touching upon what the difference is, just these two expressions of either being an empath or a highly sensitive person. And you may um, identify some of this with, or you may identify a few qualities here. I'll tell you, the labels aren't really that aren't important, but I get asked it all the time. And so that's why I talk about it periodically because people want to know. And the only thing, the only reason this is good, what we're actually doing when we look at these different uh, labels and these kind of functions that fall under these headings, we're actually looking at how the empathic nature has turned inside out. And the reason it's good to identify it isn't so that we can identify with it, but so that even as we heal and become very powerful and strong and more masters of the empathic nature so that it is an ability and a strength, there's still onions to uh, peel. We are still onions to peel. And at some point, if you know that you have a certain tendency that this function looks like this, then you might recognize it down the line. You're like, oh, okay, here's a new layer of that empathic nature to heal. So this is the reason. I want you to look at this, and I don't want you to take this and say, oh, no, this is me. I've been diagnosed, and now I'm sick forever, and all I can do is just put up my shield. No, okay, no, no, no. These, these, This is just identifying how, it, how the, the wheel is turned the wrong way so we can spin it the correct way. Like quite literally, because I'm going to talk about the chakras here in a minute. All right. So empath. An empath is a person who feels other people's emotions and actually thinks other people's thoughts as though they are their own. And I will explain that in more detail by contrasting it to highly sensitive person is someone who um, is very sensitive 
to the environment and to moods and to energies, as well as having um, a hypersensitive physical body, nervous system. And so often empaths are highly sensitive people. But it's not something that I want you to take either one of those definitions and wear it like a badge or to take on the martyrship position either and say, well, that's my deal. Oh, and I, I'm an empath. And so that's that's, you know, that's my fate. Or, well, I'm an empath, so I know everything about everything. Okay, these are the two pitfalls I see when we're first uncovering this about ourselves. I want you to move quickly past that to the empowered state as quickly as you can. It's okay if you it's, if you take a moment to pause there, but just rec- I'm telling you this so you can recognize that and move past it. So um, it's good to recognize, it's not like empath is good or bad or highly sensitive person is good or bad. And so um, it's good to recognize where you fall in that, again, so that you can understand how, how your nature um, has gone wrong. <laughs> um, because so an, a highly sensitive person would be out there in the world and it's and they walk into a room and they sense that something has gone down and they can feel that there's bad juju in this room. And ooh, I don't like the way this room it feels. It's like you're absorbing something into your skin almost and maybe literally. An empath walks into a room and, and feels bad and is like, I'm effing pissed and I don't know why. And maybe they, it, you find a reason why, actually. But you recognize later, like, my mood just shifted and I got depressed. So an empath just, like, the thing, the thoughts and emotions just become your own and you can't tell that they're not yours. And not understanding that that's what you're doing will cause two things to happen. Can, and this is for highly sensitive people as well. This We project so if you don't understand that you are picking up someone else's stuff or that you're shifting, like with a highly sensitive person, you're shifting your mood to match the environment rather than holding your vibration, your higher vibration, then you will start to identify with it and then it becomes yours. Then you are depressed because you found a reason, you found, you found a, a reason to support that belief. Because that's all it is. A belief is a thought that you keep thinking. So if you stay in that area, if you stay in that that feeling space, then you will find a reason. You will if it's because your best friend has has had a breakup and you and you are absorbing that you you're either absorbing that emotion as a highly sensitive person, or you are just feeling it. It just suddenly shows up in your feeling space. You'll find a reason that there's something wrong with your relationship. If you stay there and you don't recognize that 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 you just allowed. And above all, we are in charge of our thoughts and our emotions. Now, we have habits that make it difficult, just like if you have a habit of sitting on the couch, it makes it difficult to go run two miles. But you are in charge of getting yourself up off the couch and running two miles. And just it's little by little. And then you become really good at it. Your feeling and, and thinking functions are exactly the same as your physical functions. I mean, you they're not just metaphors. They work the same. We, we are a mind-body-spirit complex, and you can take any understanding you have of the physical body, physical nature, and then just pop it on to the feeling and thinking. It's just that the feeling and thinking is a little more subtle. It's not as we don't... I mean, we can look at your body and say, okay, now the reason I have a spare tire is because of my activity and my diet. So, you know, I mean, like it's it becomes obvious now it's a gradual, you know, it's not like the spare tire shows up overnight. So there's sort of some subtle building there, too. With the thinking and the feeling, though, you are just as much in charge of that right now in this moment, whatever you're thinking and feeling, I want you to just do this exercise with me. You're probably feeling pretty decent if you're listening to my show (laughs) right now. If you're listening to me, you feel good. No, but (laughs) I want to do this exercise with you to show you how you can change your thoughts and emotions at any point. It is absolutely at your will to control it. So ready? We're going to do it. Think about a kitten. Oh, a kitten. If you don't like kittens, think about a puppy. If you don't like puppies, think about your child. Whatever. If you don't like puppies and kittens, though, you have no soul. And get off of my show. (laughs) No kidding. Um, but see, you can do that and, and literally take that example. If you're feeling, like I said, at the top of the show, you're feeling a little off, sing. If you're feeling, feeling a little off, think of a kitten. Think of, think of someone or something that you love. It's something that's easy to think about, something that's easy to feel about. And it will shift your vibration. It shifts your frequency because your frequency, your frequency is composed of your emotions and your feelings. That's actually the radio signal that you're sending out is your feeling state. So you can just change that. 
excuse me, <laughs> I had a tickle in my throat. So you could just change that at any time by thinking about kittens. That's my, well, I, I'm going to, I'm telling you my secret. That is my answer to everything is kittens. Well, anyway, so um, that's that's the deal with the empath and the HSP thing. If you and the the second thing I was saying, there are two things that happen. The first one being that you actually identify if you stay there for too long, you identify with it and it becomes you. And now it doesn't matter where it, it mean it never did really matter where it came from. It doesn't matter that it came from outside because now it's yours because you have had to ident- you have identified with it and it has now become your vibration. So the second thing that happens is, and we all do this regardless of our empathic or sensitive natures. We project. So when what I mean by projecting is we have our own feeling state that we this is actually kind of step two that this is a pitfall for empaths and highly sensitive people. Often after they recognize this about themselves, then they start doing this projecting thing. But you do it even before you understand it. So what happens is you have your own, you've been sitting all on your own, experiencing your own negative thoughts and emotions. And then you go out into the world or or you're sitting in your room even and you go, well, this isn't mine. And you blame it on other people. But the fact of the matter is, by the time you've identified with it anyway, it is yours. So you just deal with it like it's your own. But we do go in and and it interferes with our interactions with others because then we assume we're making assumptions and we're projecting onto them and we're having expectations of them. So I just want you to be aware of that function as well, that pitfall. All right, so the, that's that's what it is. That's what highly sensitive empath is. You may you may um, identify with some of those qualities sometimes. That's great. Just you know, put a pin in it and understand. And now I'm going to tell you what happened, how you got there, how you got to this tendency slash malfunction. Because even when, like I say, even when you're healed, you're going to be peeling that onion and. You're going to find new ways that it shows up. Like for me, I had really come overcome a lot of that negative function of my empathic nature. And then new subtlety showed up where I had some very subtle codependence where I was my husband was having some challenge emotion and he was dealing with it emotionally. And and I asked him if he needed my support and, you know, if he wanted to talk. And he said, no. And I said, great, because and I respect that. But I didn't respect it deeply. I kept like a pin in it and I was holding on and I was like, okay, he said no, but subtly, but I could feel it because I was more aware of myself now that I've been spending time in my own vibration. And then I was like, oh, that's some subtle kind of codependence. And I'm not actually helping him even by keeping my finger in that thing. He said he doesn't want to talk about. He doesn't want to share with me right now. Not even helping him. It's not like I'm taking some of that from him. He needs it anyway. He needs to figure out what he's going through. And he needs those emotions that he's feeling in order to observe it. So um, I found a new layer. And I recognized it because I understand that um, empath tendency when it's going wrong. All right. So um, this is this is how we got here. What happened was when we were... Like I say, we were very young. We're growing up. We felt that things were unsafe. And it could be because you had a very obviously um, imperfect, we'll just say, (laughs) family um, situation, the activity around you. Or it could have been almost ideal. We still perceived something that was unsafe. We still perceived, and it could have been also with, with other people that aren't your parents. But your parents aren't perfect. So no matter what, however, however good uh, your parents are, they're still not pure consciousness and they're doing the best they can. So we perceive danger and we have, we come into this plane with highly sensitive natures and then we start to focus on survival because we perceive danger. And we perceive that the people who are meant to take care of us can't. And, and th- so it must be me. I must be doing something about this. So we actually start to focus on the lower chakras in the chakra system. And now you don't have to be an expert in the chakra system in the chakra system to understand this. Jarvis, find um, Abram Maslow's Pyramid of Self-Actualization, if you don't mind, and he'll pop it up on the screen. If you are listening to this, I'll explain it to you. The, uh, Maslow's Pyramid of Self-Actualization is very similar to the chakra system. 
So we have at the on the lower chakra, on the lower level, which the chakra is is actually at the base of the spine. It's called the root chakra. And that is your basic survival instincts. And then we have above that, we have like the emotional um, nature, the the uh, being able to deal with our own emotional state and and relating to others is kind of the beginning. It's the like the two D reality, the two dimensional reality, and then the the above that we have the what we call the solar plexus chakra, and that is our self identity. But it's also dealing with the three D reality, and it's really dealing with my relationship with others, my relationship with myself as well, because we experience ourselves almost as two people, don't we? My relationship with myself. I mean, you didn't even pause when I said that my relationship with myself, but there are two, there are two subjects in that sentence and they're the same one. So anyway, what we do is those are all dealing with staying physically alive and then we overemphasize that. And then it's basically like the chakras are, like I say, we're spinning, they're, they're like wheels that they're managing energy inflow and output and they're spinning one particular way, but then we almost start to spin them the wrong way. Now, I'm being metaphorical because they actually, as they function, they spin one way to receive and another way to release, and that's normal. But I'm using it as like, you know, we start to turn them inside on themselves, and we start to put so much emphasis on that survival that it becomes the voice of the lower mind. The lower mind is that one that is anxiety, that one that is fear, that one that is self-critical, self-judging, also judging of others, fearful about how I got here and where I'm going. It's the non-present mind. And you can actually, I actually even feel it like low in my headspace even. It feels lower. (laughs) It's interesting. So that lower mind is the voice of these chakras being overemphasized, these ones that are survival instincts, or the ego, of course. Yes, it is the ego. It is the extension, the part of the ego that is what we don't need, the part that isn't actually serving us because the ego does serve us at its core to keep us physically alive, and it's concerned about that, but we attach so many things onto what that means, how we stay alive. It means that if someone, you know, let's talk about maybe some junior high stuff, you know, remember in junior high, if someone, if you had a pimple, you thought it felt you panicked you would panic in your body and you were humiliated someone they would, i love words like slut or snob you know those words in, in junior high that are that your world falls apart and your body reacts as though you're running from a lion see that's how those it's those those survival those lower functions of survival have now become the voice in the mind, the predominant voice in the mind. And so that voice, that lower mind voice, is always looking for the next thing to avoid. But when you're looking for something to avoid, you're creating the something to avoid. You're creating that reality. And so that's what's going on with that, those empathic functions um, that are making you feel like you're victim. And now you're the, the place, as you get older, you feel like, it's happening to me when actually you have millions of little tentacles out there and you're trying to find it and you're actually reaching out for it and you're bringing it into your experience. But it feels like it's just happening to you. But that's because you are no you aren't aware of the subtle functioning that's going on. So what we what we want to do, what what happens is well, let's say what happens is basically the lower chakras get hijacked and they're overemphasized and then they just take over the whole system. That lower mind is the one that's going and it's going crazy. So just to sum that up, that voice becomes the dominant voice in your feeling space and in your experience. But the higher mind is actually the instrument that is capable of creating into your reality the things that you want. The higher mind is capable of selecting the potential reality that already exists, the one where you are abundant, and to just bring it into the truth, into manifestation, into physical form for you. The higher mind is capable of that. The higher mind is capable of being present in the now, relaxing, and just knowing that everything is working out for me. So you, you feel that too, you sensitive people. You're like, I know that's there. I feel it sometimes, but then my life, it, it is representative of this. And I don't know how to feel that all the time because it feels dangerous to feel, this is the lower mind tells you, it's dangerous to be up there because you're loody-doo and you're not paying attention to the fact that you can't pay your rent this month. 
and you're not afraid of it. If you're not afraid enough of it, then you're going to then you won't know to not do it again. Is isn't that weird? That's even a hard sentence to say, but that is what the lower mind is saying to you. If you're not more afraid of it, then you're going to accidentally create it again and that's that's actually a lie. Is the fact is popping up into that higher mind and staying there is where you're going to be able to bring into your experience the freedom of being able to ha- not just pay your rent every month. That's that's just the first thing we're going to do, but also manifest the your ideal way of living, your ideal lifestyle. So you're always creating. Absolutely everything is is your you are creating. And by the way, I'm getting close to uh, taking calls, so feel free to call in if you like, 323-524-2599 if you have any questions or you want a little reading or something like that. 323-524-2599. So you are always creating. Everything in your experience you have created. And so it really just comes down to which voice do you want to be behind the wheel? Do you want it to be that lower mind that is overly emphasizing survival functions by being afraid of whether or not you're going to survive? Or do you want it to be the higher mind that is capable of seeing down the road to the point where you don't even have to think about survival? You just know and you expect beauty and love to continue to flow into your experience because you see the evidences of it. And the, the, the difference there is, well, I'll tell you this, the higher mind is, it is a thinking function, but above that, before it becomes a thinking function, it's really a feeling function. The higher mind, when you take three conscious breaths, and maybe if you love nature and you're sitting in nature or you're, you're sitting with an animal or someone that you love, and then you just pop up into that feeling space. You know that connection with the universe. You know love. You can just I think about love, think about a kitten, think about someone or something that you love, and then you release it, and then you just feel. That's the higher mind function. It's actually a feeling function. That, it, that becomes a thought. Thought is actually a, a, um, a creation of feeling. So we say thoughts become things, Yes, that's true, but before the thought has become, there's the feeling, and that, again, is your vibration. That, again, is your frequency, like the radio signal that you're sending out from your tower of your being is your emotional state because it is that subtle. So how do we do it? Well, mind training, because those thoughts that are compulsively happening from the lower mind, they've created neural pathways in your brain, and they've become physical, and so that's why it feels like you can't get up, get up off the couch. But the truth is that if we continue to focus upon that, that feeling state, we, it actually starts to create those thoughts that form new neural pathways. So one simple answer is yes, meditation, because meditation and that kind of devotion, it gets you to interrupt those thoughts, that lower mind, and release it and put down that lower mind. Like it's a hammer that you're carrying around all the time and your arm is aching and hurting and it's not helping you and you don't need it right now put it down and that's what you can do in your meditative state and the thing about meditation and devotion and all of that stuff is that it gets us accustomed to our own feeling space to ourself so that if we're empathic we know that something is coming toward us that isn't ours and we don't have to identify with it Instead of identifying with it, then we can use that as an ability to extend love and compassion so that we don't actually identify with it as something that that is hurting us, something that has caused us heartache and caused us pain. So yes, sometimes we do need teachers and sometimes we need to be on our own, but because teachers really are teaching you how to be on your own and, um, so that's something if you want to be, I'm just going to say it again before I get to the calls, if you're, if you are wanting to invest your time as well as your, I mean, uh, as well as some finances and to really commit from the place that you are to make your passion, your profession, reach out to me and ask me about my mentoring program. However you can find me, you, y- y'all know how to find me. All right. So we have some calls and I'm going to go ahead and welcome a caller. Well, I lost my book. Oh, well. Hello, you're on the air. Who's this? 
Hello. You're on the air. All right. Should we move on to another one? We'll we'll, we'll try to come back to you. Hang on. I don't, uh, if you if it's you. Okay. Hello. There's someone. Hi. Who's this? Uh, this is Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Where are you calling from? Hi. Um, from the Denver area. Awesome. Great. And uh, what's going on with you today? Well, I really identify with the topic, so I just, when I saw it, I called in. Oh, good. Um, I've watched your show before. Uh, we have a mutual friend, and um, when I well, when I read the book on HSPs, it completely changed my life. Oh. It was like, oh, I can actually take care of myself. I can oh. respect my sensitivity. And um, <clears throat> when you brought up the topic of highly sensitive person in abundance, I immediately thought, you know, because of my experience, well, how do I be successful because I'm so sensitive mm-hmm. just environmentally, just yeah. sensitive to noise or light or yeah. too much stimulation or crowds, just picking up a bunch of stuff when I'm in a crowd. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know if it if it's exactly in what the topic is you're discussing, it's which exactly I love it. what you've <laughs> been talking about, but... <laughs> Yeah, well, it's exactly it. Can I ask you first what that HSP book was? Because I do actually, someone just asked me like two days ago. So um, what is the HSP book that helped you so much? Uh, Let me look it up. It was actually, I think it's the woman who coined the the phrase. Okay, Elaine Or whatever you want to call it. Dr. Elaine Elaine, yeah. Um, Jarvis will look it up for us. Elaine Aaron, A-R-O-N is her last name. Elaine is her first name. So Jarvis Mm -hmm. is going to look it up. Thanks, Jarvis. Yeah, it was literally... Literally called the highly sensitive person. Oh, okay. There we go. Oh. <laughs> That's easy to remember. <laughs> I just, I've read parts of it. Maybe I did actually read this book. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at the cover of it now as Jarvis pulls it up. I think I did read this book. I just don't, I didn't realize because it was so early on in my understanding of it. Um, but thank you for reminding me that there is a book. So um, now, so tell me then, you you already have a career that you've selected and you and it you feel as though the path that you're on requires of you to be in situations that are overstimulating for you is that right um well i don't know it's kind of hard to describe i have sort of many different career paths at the same time <laughs> so i'm looking at you and it doesn't match the sound in my <laughs> headphones from my phone so i'm I'm a little disoriented, but oh. um, I I started out as an actor, and then I became a filmmaker. But I'm also um, really psychic and extremely sensitive. But I can't do psychic on demand all the time, so mm. I don't know yeah. um, if that's the direction I want to go in. Although I I think about it a lot. Yeah. Um, does it Does it excite you? Uh, yeah. Like, what? Which one excites you? Like right yeah. now, which one of those things? Mm-hmm. just makes you go like, oh, wouldn't that be cool? Um, God, it's a lot of, like, different aspects of all of them. Yeah. I think talking to people one-on-one um, is really fun for me. Mm-hmm. Like, helping people sort out their stuff really is mm-hmm. fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I'm super creative, yeah. and I write, and I... You know, I may, I actually directed a feature film that I also acted in, and yeah. um, I used to just get so high off of performing, yeah. like doing comedy and doing <laughs> acting. So I feel like ex- I don't know. except for the filmmaking, <laughs> I feel like you're telling me about my life because I was an actor <laughs> too. <laughs> and by the way, so let me tell you that doing yeah, this work, doing intuitive like, work, is completely artistic. It's one hundred percent creative. It's exact. It's create. This is why I don't know if you noticed on my website. I call myself a healing artist because as I started to open up to my intuitive psychic gifts, and I realized, oh wait, this is just like acting. And when I was acting before, I was just channeling. You know what I mean? Like it's no different. It's the same process. Mm-hmm. As a creative person, mm-hmm. you know, my husband's a musician, so he sits down and he needs to write a melody. He sits there. And he just kind of stops thinking and he starts feeling, opens up his higher mind feeling state. And then from nowhere comes something, you know, from nowhere, from somewhere else or whatever comes a melody. It just, that's creative. And that's exactly what the process of being a, like of doing psychic work with someone one-on-one is you sit down with them 
and you do the same thing that you do when you're going to sit down and write. You just, what do you do when you're going to write, for example, or when you're going to act? You just, you clear your space, right? In your internal, your inner space, you clear your mind and then you just wait, (laughs) right? I mean, of course you have skill as Mm -hmm. well. You've practiced it so you know how to get there and you know how to prick that, um, that flow, you know how to prick that, that, um, Mm -hmm. that where the nectar comes out. It's the same thing with psychic stuff. So, I would just maybe you should we should have a phone call uh, and just talk about this a little bit because if if that and I'll tell you this is what's yeah. interesting for me I used to when I when I kind of came in more in um empowerment I thought maybe I should go check out acting again but it turned out I actually wasn't interested in it anymore and there's nothing wrong with it it's just that that was yeah. that was the expression that I had at the time and highly sensitive people mm-hmm. empaths are very creative because again you know why when, when I was talking about those lower chakras the sacral chakra is the seat of your creativity as well as the seat of your emotions and sometimes we overemphasize that function so much that we have so many creative ideas that we can't do any of them how do you? How does that? Well, how do you feel about in, that? Does that in relate acting, that? also, mm-hmm. well, for me, acting has been so difficult because of all the rejection involved. Quite yeah. frankly, or just all the like for voiceover, I'm always doing spec auditions, and it's so mm-hmm. um, draining. It's not, it's not fun. You're like, I don't want it's that part of it. Like, yeah, yeah. It's not like I'm being embraced, so it's just like, oh my god, these this energy because everybody loves what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel that way when I'm actually performing, but yeah. man, auditioning and just the quality of the stuff you audition for so much of it is garbage. But yeah, like my, my, actually my great uncle was Eli Wallach, who's a pretty famous actor who passed away recently. And oh, I'm sorry. I mean, he's considered like a legend. So I grew up thinking acting is something that you can actually do. And, do at a creative level and then I you know grew up and I realized it's a hustle and Mm. you're just memorizing a bunch of mediocre material in order to audition yeah (laughs) I don't know I didn't break through and I was too sensitive I would just have so much anxiety with auditioning right yeah and I even when I was not it's not exciting to me to think about it's not exciting to you but this but the working with people one-on-one and helping them is very exciting to you right now yeah, I think we should talk about this because uh, trust me, you, if you here's this is my this is the truth. This I'm going to I like to say I often say I don't know everything and I don't claim it, but I'm going to tell you this is the truth. <laughs> if you can dream it and your your heart feels that excitement about it, then you're meant to create it. And you, and besides that, not only are you meant to create it, but it is the way it is what we need from you too because this is an ecosystem. We are not in nature, we, we, we are nature. So it, a garden needs a flower to grow its healthiest and most uh, vibrant and give off the most pollen and all that kind of stuff. And we need that from you too. And we need you to do pursue mm-hmm. the thing. And, and sometimes when we have a lot of, when we're multi-potential like you are, sometimes we just pick the, we just pick one and we start moving with it. And that's, that's great because uh, then we're then we are starting to express ourselves, and it and because we can always change, we can always do something different. And you might be a person who's who wants to do things, di- you know, different things all the time to pursue something with absolutely everything in your heart, and then to change directions in a year or two or whatever. But to keep pursuing, uh, you, you know, the tree. Just think of a tree. It how it what its life, how it looks different, and it expresses different things as it continues to grow. That's what it's supposed to do. You know, a yearling looks entirely different yeah. than a tree that's 25 years old. You wouldn't know they're the same tree, and they're not. And and nor mm-hmm. are and we are meant to do that as well. And so we need you to do it. Mm-hmm. We need you to pursue that excitement. And you can do it. You can do it because that feeling and that excitement that you have is the formula for it. Is is You are meant to pursue mm-hmm. that. That is the information inside, oh, thank the, you. like the seed, the information in the seed that causes it to break through its shell and find its way up through the soil and the rocks and burst through. That's your information, is that excitement and that desire. Will you reach out to mm-hmm. me, Catherine? I want to continue talking to you. Yeah, And I'm going to be in you. Denver. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to be in Denver in October <laughs> for actually a, a, a retreat nice. with the Lightworkers Lab. I don't know if you've heard me talk about that. You should probably oh, join, the, join the Lot Workers Lab. It's a um, Facebook community. Go check it out. Okay. Reach yeah. out to me, okay? Will, thank However you. you're finding me right now, you, you should be able to reach out to me, and I would love to talk to you about this more. 
Okay. That right. Sounds good. Thank you, Trisha. You're welcome. Nice to meet you. You too. All right. We have another caller. Oh, we have a lot of calls. I'll try to get to you all, but let me just tell you, if you're on hold and I don't get to you, that Spirit is, is organizing the information to serve us all. All right? All right. You're, you're on the air. Who's this? Uh, my name is Iris. Iris? Yes. It's a little bit. You're a little. There you go. I think you probably got closer. Hi, Iris. Where are you calling from? That's okay. I can hear <laughs> you good now. Thanks. Where are you calling from? I'm from Arizona. Oh, great. I'm actually going to be in Arizona in like three weeks. <laughs> I'm just, oh, yeah, all of the trips I'm taking. Every, I know, right? <laughs> well, uh, what's going on with you today? Um, I was just wondering, um, I guess, uh, I, I like to go by like birthday years, not by like, you know, the year, like the year, like 2017. So I'm just wondering, uh, what do you see for me as far as um, growth for my birthday year. I, I just turned. Uh, I just turned <laughs> um, on, on June six. So uh, I'm just wondering what what you see. Um, I, I've heard a lot of changes. I feel like I need to make um, some career changes, mm-hmm. um, and a little hesitant on whether to actually move out of state. I see. Um, well, happy birthday, and I, I have just a few minutes left on the show, so I'm sorry to um, make your call so quick. Um, I, I did see, I see that you're looking to, it feels like the way it feels to me is breakthrough, like you feel a bit trapped with the work that you're doing, and you feel like, so does it feel like you're trapped and you don't know how to break through? Does that language resonate with what it feels like yes. to you? Like even you, it's almost like I just have this, this picture, like a metaphor of you wanting to use your fist to break through the ceiling or like there's a hatch that you're stuck in and you want to break it open with your fist and you just are like, when do I do it? And it feels, um, it feels like so tricky about what the right timing is because you're like, if I do it too soon and I don't do it all the way that you, it's almost like you have, you have, um, you just have anxiety about making a step forward and you feel like you're, it's going to, um, um, you're, you're going to just hurt yourself if you try to break through to from this trap that you feel like you're in yeah yeah so i feel like um you can the the choices so far as me i me giving you what's going to happen um so far as future readings and fortune telling um i just want you to know that it's 100 percent in your control if i do a snapshot of the timeline of the energy right now i'm reading where you are right now but i want you to feel encouraged that you can change that and you could start by changing your feeling state so I feel like right now it looks like you are gaining the courage and you're and you're giving you what's good is for you to give yourself the grace that you are gaining the courage and give yourself grace of being able to do that breaking through. And if you can get, um, orient yourself to the fact that it actually isn't going to be as dramatic as all that of breaking something like a hatch with your hands, it doesn't have to be that it can be you being very calm and figuring out how to unlock the door for yourself because you actually have the key. And if you can focus on that and that expectation, it's going to go smoothly for you. But I do feel like giving yourself some grace because if you give yourself the space of like a couple of months to orient yourself in a better way rather than it feeling like that choked up, scared, uh, anxious, I don't, I don't know if I should do this. Give yourself the grace and the space to um, change your feeling and your approach to it. It does feel, since you're asking for some time, it feels like if you give yourself six weeks to, to six to eight weeks to just be okay with where you are and approach it with a good um, attitude and just finding a way to be a light and be a joy and then just know that you're moving forward as well. You're moving forward in your inner space before you move forward in your outer space. So give yourself that grace. And then um, being able to do that, it does feel like you're going to gain some real like courage and you're going to make a powerful step in about six months. Okay, that is so that's this is a snapshot of the energy right now. And I'm actually moving your energy too a little bit with my intention by giving you the intention to move forward. But you can always don't sit back because you can always expedite that. You can make it two weeks and six weeks for those different timelines that I just gave you. It's possible. So I want I'm like I say, I'm helping you with moving my intention into yours to give you some encouragement. But right now the word is grace. 
so that you can change your inner space, okay? And I feel like you also want to create, okay. you want to get to something that is more creative and more expressive of your passions, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, I, I do. And then, you know, the other issue is my husband's like pressing to move, mm-hmm. you know, um, out of state. And I just, I'm just a little reluctant because I won't, uh, I won't have, you know, support as, you know, as far as family goes mm-hmm. um, with my little one. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm a little reluctant, not that I couldn't do it, but, um, yeah, I think that one's going to be a bit of I a think- compromise. Um, it feels like it does feel like, I, I'm sorry, I have just one minute, so I'm going to, I'll just tell you right now, my snapshot of it feels like, um, you, it will, that you guys probably will move and that, it, but it's, you're going to be able to find a comfortable way to do it. And that maybe it'll actually be a really good challenge. If you could welcome it like a challenge that is giving you a lesson, that's what it feels like to me. Um, but it's going to be a compromise. It's not just it's going to go exactly the way he's designing it. It's going to go a way that you're both designing it. All right. I'm so sorry I have to okay. sign off with you, Iris. But do thank you so much for calling and, and do check back with me again. Call me again next week if you like. All right. I will. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. And to the to the bye bye now to the others who called in. I'm sorry I didn't get to you, but we had a lot to learn and to experience together. And thank you, Catherine and Iris, for calling. Um, please do know that if you didn't get to um, speak with me individually, Spirit still worked out. The universe still worked out the message for to serve us all in in some way or another. So that is our show today. Do please ch- join me again next week at 11 a.m. Pacific on UBNRadio.com or on any of my Facebook or Twitter outlets. I'm Trisha Carr. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are.